Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by Engage for Good and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com and selfishgiving.com. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And on the line with me, of course, is the queen, the number one person in 2017, the woman of the year, Megan Strand. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't even make it through the introduction. <laughs> Hi. So, Quite I mean, title. It's, it's already been designated. It's already been de- that this it's is already the year. Written. That it has this, been written. 2017 this is the it's year, year of right. Megan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Bring it, bring it. Hey, Megan, we have a great show today. You know why? I know because we, we have a return awesome guest. That's right, a return. I mean, most guests they totally suck. We don't invite them. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> this guest is incredibly did such a good job last time. Had so many different things that he was up to, and the guy is practically a solopreneur at this nonprofit. On the line with us right now is Dan Goldenberg, who is the executive director of the Call of Duty Endowment, which was founded by Activision Blizzard's Bobby Kotick. And he is the founder and CEO, right, Dan? He's the CEO, yep. Uh, he's been CEO. It's one of the longest tenured CEOs in America. Oh. Uh, he's been CEO of, of the company for over 25 years. That's right. Wow. Uh, yeah. he, you incredibly know, involved and dedicated to the cause. You know, Dan, when we were talking about having you back on and we got all, uh, the list of all the different things that Call of Duty env- Endowment is involved in, I can't believe that most of this is done by just yourself. I think it's. Inc- I think it really speaks highly to your military career, right, that you are so organized. Do more with less, Joe, right? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, maybe you should consider a... A career in the military. I'm thinking about it. I'm, do you know? <laughs> do they take 49 year olds at this point? Yeah? They might make a special exception. No, but I've been really, really fortunate. You know, we have an incredibly while they're not on my payroll. Yep. Uh, we've got incredibly engaged employees at Activision Blizzard who um, have have just been in every function you can imagine have been incredibly generous with their time and, and knowledge and work to help us along. And um, you know, I've got some some a couple. Uh, Great, great consultants help me out as well. Oh, good. That's good. fantastic. Yeah, no, that's why don't important. you Why don't yeah. you start us out and just remind our listeners, Dan, what it is that you do at the Call of Duty Endowment? Those those four people that did not actually listen to the first time you were on the podcast. Yeah, very popular. Sure. Very popular show. We're very focused. So we uh, are exclusively focused on putting veterans into high quality jobs. And um, so far, program to date, we we funded the placement of over thirty thousand veterans into great jobs. How? Uh, for an average cost last year of pretty much one-fifth the cost of the federal government efforts. So for just over $600, uh, we can put a vet in a high-quality job that we measure in terms of average starting salary, six-month retention rate, and uh, full-time work. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. I think last time we talked, it wasn't quite so high. So it's it's always great to have a guest come back on the show and tell us how they're blowing it out of the water. Yeah, so yeah. Especially uh, such a such a streamline operation. Now, since we last talked to you, Deb, what are some of the fundraisers that you've been involved in? I mean, there, there were three key ones that you've been involved in, uh, say, the past uh, 14 months since we last spoken to you. Which one would be first on your list in terms of the big one? Yeah, it's, it's hard to... Um, you know, which of your children do you love the most, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, you, you know, I want to I want to give a special shout out to our partnership with with uh, GameStop. They've been unbelievable partners yeah. for going on five years now. Um, you know, it started with us um, selling merchandise in their stores, like like dog tags or yep. bottle openers, to benefit um, the cause. Uh, and it, it la- this past year morphed into an in-store donation program, uh, which really went phenomenally well. Um, I think, uh, you know, for a company that has so successfully over so many years run, run these programs, it's really cool to see how they're never satisfied with the status quo. Mm-hmm. They push us to help them innovate, uh, and we're really happy with the, the result. We partnered with another charity that helps um, families of fallen uh, service members, Snowball Express, and together uh, with GameStop, we did this in-store donation program, um, which for each charity raised just under five hundred thousand dollars. That's weeks. great. That's uh, great. And it was it was just awesome. I mean, the level of engagement. I'm always awesome. amazed with GameStop, Megan Dan, because they do such an incredible job, and they execute on now they're executing on like four or five different programs every year yep. and yep. they're still really high quality i mean one of the things i think is amazing too is you know your average gamestop store i mean what were they saying last time megan it's like 1500 Teeny. square it's feet. like my closet it's, yeah, yeah it is it's it's, it's very small and but big returns on these programs yeah big, big return very engaged um employees in their stores their associates are just you know, incredibly well-informed, well-trained, and passionate about the cause. Um, a lot of great ideas. I went to their manager's expo, and, you know, we probably had, no kidding, 50 store managers come up to our booth individually and unprompted, sharing the stories of, you know, past campaigns and giving us suggestions. It was it was really one of my great learning experiences in this job. Well, so the point of sale is not new for GameStop, but it's new to you. So I'm curious to know, GameStop has been a partner of yours for five years. How did you move that conversation to elevate the point of sale piece? Um, well, you know, it's it's really interesting. Um, they came to us, um, so I, I, you know, I think they were nice. really. Um, they were looking for a high quality veteran cause to partner with in addition to Snowball Express. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we talked about consistently with them was impact. Um, you know, it's, it's real simple. Every 600 bucks we raise is a vet and a high quality job. So uh, that's pretty compelling. We think to our partners um, to be able to say like, you know, divide what we raise by $600 mm-hmm. and that's how many veterans and, and oh, by the way, not just the veterans, but their families are helping yeah. in the most meaningful way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can measure that economic impact. We can tell you exactly how much economic impact you're having. And the other cool thing is, um, and I, I think we're fortunate, very few charities can say this, every, literally every dime we raise goes directly to the programs mm-hmm. because Activision Blizzard covers all of our overhead costs. So yeah. knowing everything they raise goes directly to helping veterans is pretty compelling to them, I think. Yeah. And you, you partnered with Snowball Express. Can you talk a little bit about that experience for you? Was it was it a good thing to have a chari- another charitable partner? Did you feel a little competitive? You know, I would say it was complimentary in, in, in the best possible sense. Um, we've never done anything like this before. Yeah. But, you know, like our causes are complimentary. They don't overlap. They're, they're helping the military and veterans community, but they're helping... I mean, you know, it's hard to imagine people more deserving of help than children of those um, lost in military mm-hmm. operations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing they do. It's a great charity. They make them feel special and valued, and they bring them together as a group so the kids can relate. Um, and they do this wonderful event every year in Dallas 
to, to honor these kids and, and their surviving parents. Uh, and, and, you know, that is not what we do with the endowment. We're focused on, you know, economically improving the lives of veterans uh, and their families. So, but together, what a po- powerful combination. You're helping best get jobs and the families to fall in. Um, so I think, you know, it gave us, gave us a broader appeal. So I think there's a lesson in there um, that, you know, if you can find a complementary charity, um, you can, I think, accomplish more. I think we just had a broader appeal together and we split the, uh, you know, GameStop split the, the revenue from this 50-50. Yeah. So how did how did that work in terms of messaging at the register? I'm just curious to know, did they simplify the message and say, would you like to donate to help veterans and their families? Or did mm, they somehow yeah. communicate that in, in more detail? Almost exactly as you said, you know, um, would you would you like to donate to help veterans and the families of the fallen? OK, period. Real simple. Right. I think that's important. That's a great yeah. point. Right. Yeah. Very simple, simple appeal. Yeah. Uh, and But yet compelling. Yeah. No, I think that's key, too, in the sense like in a lot of instances, what we find is it's better to lead with the issue because that's people. That's what people respond with, you know, emotionally. And that's the thing that gets people to really act. But, you know, Dan, I find it hard to believe that a competitive military guy like you wasn't at GameStop stores, you know, like (laughs) like crossing out names on register (laughs) signs and stuff like that. I mean, you would never do that. Come on. It's just me, you and Megan. I mean, you can tell us. <laughs> hey, the military, it's all about teamwork. There you uh, go. I like that. That's, that's what appealed to me. I, I actually <laughs> had no problem getting on board with this. It was, it yeah, that's great. awesome. So yeah. That Congratulations. Was, that, thank you. Thank you. It's been great. And we're just we're grateful to, to, to them for the partnership. Yeah. Um, the other, just really, another really fantastic effort that um, continues to pay dividends to us is um, the our digital items. So, um, we partnered with our, our, the Call of Duty business within Activision Blizzard um, to introduce um, what we call personalization packs, mm-hmm. um, or what more broadly in the industry is called vanity items in games. So this is a chance to essentially customize your character in a way that shows your support for the cause. Um, so uh, these are weapon skins, calling cards, uh, reticles, which are sort of the, uh, the part of a weapon you aim through, all sort of personalized with the Call of Duty Endowments branding. Uh, and we worked with the game studio. So every game has a studio within the company that is the lead developer. And we work with them uh, to do this. And it's really not a heavy lift for the developers. It's, you know, a day or two of work mm-hmm. uh, for them. And then it, it, it then all becomes about, you know, marketing, digital marketing, essentially. Um, so, you know, a few, a few thousand dollars in effort yield some pretty amazing amazing results um and uh you know because of them and the distribution partners of sony and microsoft through um through uh, the playstation network and, and xbox we were able uh last year to raise just under 1.5 million dollars wow. off of what is probably you know a 20 or thirty thousand dollar investment um so it's just been you know a great great program uh the idea bubbled up from within uh this one of the Call of Duty studios, yep. uh, Treyarch, they're, they're awesome. Um, it, it, it's wonderful that uh, Mark Lamia, the, the, the studio head there, um, is actually a board member of the Call of Duty Endowment, which was fantastic. And he's a great idea man, and uh, he said, we need to do this. And it's it, it sort of, we started in 2015, and program to date, it's, it's raised over uh, $2.1 million. Wow. Um, so, 
it's been it's just been a great experience. Very engaging of the employees within the company, from the developers in the studio to the marketers, the PR team, social media team. Um, but also, and this is what really surprised us, it was an incredible communications device about the cost. Mm. Um, and we, through research we've done, we found out through of Call of Duty Gamers that the sale of these items has been um, the number one uh, influence on them in terms of learning about the cost. Oh, hmm. So it's had this great, you know, more than a website, more than our social presence, more than anything else we've done, uh, you know, for, for the tens of millions of people who play Call of Duty, selling this item in game has increased awareness, awareness about veteran employment. Uh, so it's been a, you know, a great one-two punch. How do you how do you communicate that? Because buying an in-game item is one thing, but then finding out more about the cause is another. So, how do you make that connection for them, or do you? No, we we absolutely do. Um, you know, t- to be honest with you, what we've learned from gamers, gamers can be very generous, mm-hmm. but they like to get something when they get. Uh, mm-hmm. so that something can be entertainment value, uh, or just a sense of I've got something special. I've got some bling. Uh, that I can show off to my buddies who, who are also playing. And, you know, ga- gaming today, gaming, video games today are, you know, very, very social. So it's not, you know, a bunch of kids in their basement playing, uh, you know, Pong by themselves. This is, you know, the world of video games today. <laughs> wow, what's Pong? You know, it, what's, what's Pong, man? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know I'm that one. Old. Sure you do. <laughs> the very first video game. Yeah. Um, but... You know, it's, it, it's the gamers aren't who you most people think they are. They're very, right. very social. And, you know, hey, you know, online when they're playing, they're like, hey, what did you get that that weapon skin? What did you get that calling card? Oh, well, you know, I'm supporting uh, vets with this. Right. I, I bought it here. It, it's got incredible network effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that starts conversations. A lot, all the marketing we do around it ties back to our, our, our social presence. Um, to our Facebook page, which has about half a million, you know, fans, and and you know, I, I think it starts a virtuous cycle, mm-hmm. um, and it enables us to go on and communicate with with folks about the cause. We we can build a community through this. Yeah, and and you know, one of the things I love about what you do, uh, Dan, is a lot of your stuff is so homegrown in that you really try to mine your existing assets, and I mean your existing assets are formidable too, which is great. But there's so many things that you do within, uh, you know, the software industry within Activision to tap different things and get ideas going and stuff like that. Even the relationship with GameStop that's existed for a long time. I mean, it really speaks too to how small teams can be successful in cause by really focusing on those immediate access, um, assets right around them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got you got to kind of eat close to home at first. Um, you know, one of the, the, the challenges we have is uh, the people most likely to donate to veteran causes are not the demographic profile of the, of the people most likely to be playing video games. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really ma- about maximizing um, our presence where, you know, we already have a community. Uh, but then also, and this is sort of super thought for 2017 for me, is what can we do to, um, you know, expand our brand so it appeals to people outside the gaming world as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, so more to come on that. But, um, you know, I think it starts by building the base close to home and then expanding out from there. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about GameStop and you talked about digital 
in-game items. You had a third thing that you were excited about from the past year. What was yeah, that? So, um, so this was, boy, I can't believe it. This is our fourth year doing the Race to Prestige, which is really a pretty one-of-a-kind one of uh, event. It's almost like the, you know, the modern 21st century iteration of the Teleton, I suppose. I mean, <laughs> you know, gaming... But so much and, cooler. Absolutely. Well, we try. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but what a lot of folks don't realize is um, eSports and people watching other people game, play games, is an enormous mega trend it's in huge. our society. Yeah. Global, global. Yeah. And, um, you know, so the question is, how do you tap into that? Um, for people of a certain age, myself included, it, 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 it's a little hard to understand how that works. You know, wait, wait, there are people who are watching other people <laughs> play video games. Yeah. Um, but but if, you have, if you have young children, like I do as well, yep. um, you'll note that, you know, they will be on Twitch, they will be on YouTube watching other people playing, sometimes just to learn techniques, sometimes mm-hmm. because the people doing this are just really fun to watch. Right. Uh, or sometimes just like, you know, watching any other sport. Yeah. Um, so we tapped into that. Um, and, you know, we this year we partnered with Optic Gaming, which is arguably the biggest name in esports. They're kind of like the Yankees, Joe. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so are they really so are they really bad at what they do too? <laughs> no comment <laughs> of esports, but no, they're just they're a big name, big brand in, in esports, and they just had a great team that was really eager to partner with us. And so the day before Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, the new game was launched, um, they got the game and they streamed playing it, um, sort of relay style around the clock for a week. Um, and while they did this, they talked about the cause and they encouraged people to donate. We had some cool prizes. Um, and we also, you know, created a lot of entertainment here. In fact, mm. we had 2.1 million unique viewers. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, and we were really, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. If you think about it, there's some TV, pretty major TV shows that don't get those kind of numbers. Right. Seriously. Um, and so these are literally gamers around the world. It's very international watching some of the top gamers in the world play the new game. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's 24 seven. Um, so it's tough logistically. Um, but great chance to communicate with gamers, educate them about the cause, get them to participate, have fun, win prizes. And also we've been so fortunate, uh, that Best Buy has been our lead partner on this, Mm. um, as a sponsor for two years now. And so we got to do some pretty innovative things, uh, in terms of advertising yeah. in the stream, uh, this is like this is the bleeding edge right now. I got to mm-hmm. tell you um, about you know what goes on in these streams, how to monetize them for sponsors. There's some really really cool stuff going on. So um, you know ultimately we were able to expose not only you know our own community to the cause, but also optics community. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the big lessons there is when you partner with someone, no matter how you know awesome they are how fired up the cause a big question you have to ask yourself is what is the following they bring to the table mm-hmm. uh and and optics falling is enormous so um it was, it was a you know a great result and you know we raised you know over a hundred thousand dollars in donations and, and we did a lot of sponsorship and you know we hope to do even better in the future yeah and you were saying too that sponsorship is a key growth area for you too yeah i mean Look, this is this is kind of new to us. Hmm. So we're 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 trying to learn and implement best practices here. Um, 
uh, about sponsorships. One of the tough things, the gaming industry moves so fast, yeah. but sponsorship budgets and companies move so <laughs> slow. Um, you know, it's like, how do you match them up? The, what I, the traditional, the, the traditional or conventional wisdom here is that uh, sponsorship budgets are, are on an 18 month cycle. Um, you know, there's no way we will, that I can think of we'll ever be able to adjust to that. So, you know, you also have to look for sponsors who are, you know, interested in the space and willing right. to take some, take some risks and hopefully have some budget set aside for that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, How, um, if, if I could, if I can mention too, Megan, one of the things I think that's interesting though, is maybe you could get Best Buy to do a register fundraiser for you because I've seen them do those programs over the holidays. They were doing one for St. Jude. Mm. Uh, from your mouth to their ear. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And, you know, that's the thing, too. But, you know, one of the things that we've often suggested to people, too, Dan, that may be helpful to you is to actually use cause marketing with customers to underwrite the sponsorship. And, you know, sometimes that can be a really compelling uh, ask for people, you know, because then they get the in-store promotion, they get the money from the customers and the employees, and then that underwrites a great sponsorship with you. But I think that's great what Best Buy is already doing with you, too. Yeah, well, one of the things they did, um, they have a rewards club that they um, were able to market through our stream. So, nice. you know, d- during, so that was one of the prizes. And I got to tell you, we have a lot of amazing, amazing prizes. The the, uh, the their gamers club was the, the first prize to go in the stream. We had some, I think we had about five hundred of them, and they were gone. Uh, you know, they, you had to make a certain level of donation to receive them, and. Uh, uh, it was incredibly successful. And that's, you know, that's a bounce back to their stores. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I just had a little bit of a side note question. It, it, you were talking about the gaming industry moving so fast. And I would suspect there are, I would suspect the majority of our listeners are not avid gamers to the point that they can kind of keep up with the industry. But I would imagine people see it as a potential market that they should at least explore. Where would you recommend people go to kind of dip their toe in the water of, of gaming and kind of get apprised of what's happening and some of the trends and kind of start to understand a little bit more about the industry. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, game, the, the industry is, it's still a very young industry and very mm-hmm. innovative. Um, but, you know, ultimately it, there's some good fundamentals that, uh, you know, you want the cause to be aligned with something the company cares about. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, it starts there. It's also a very lean and busy industry. So mm-hmm. coming to people with like solutions, like we understand you're interested in, right. you know, fill in the blank in education. Well, just, you know, we'd love to be able to do X with you in game to promote it. Here, here's a, like an incredibly key bit of wisdom though. It, I cannot tell you how many people come to us and say, Oh, you should do a, a game to do this or something. And what that shows is like complete ignorance of yeah. how video games are. Developed. Right. That's literally, <laughs> Games like a development cycle is two to three years. Yeah, yeah. involves ten, tens to hundreds of millions of dollars, right. and hundreds, if not people. If yeah. you look at the end credit on like Call of Duty, end credits are longer than most feature length films. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like to say, oh, you know, it, it just shows an ignorance. So my advice is do your homework. Yeah. Like for instance, a vanity item in game, like I said, pretty easy on the developers. But if you're asking them to do something to change, like you know, create a prize where if you do this, that's a big deal because now you're doing a couple things. One, you're creating a ton of work because you're changing the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you, you know, you're taking a big risk with their revenue source with, with their game. You know, you're changing a dynamic that players expect. Right. So I think it's like 
understand what you're going into. Be realistic about your asks. And, you know, like a great way in is if you found a company in the space that has an interest aligned with you philanthropically, you know, just your, your ask should be pretty humble. It should be like, hey, you know, is there a way where we should work together, for instance, on a vanity item yeah. uh, that could, you know, relevate your consideration of the cause? and also help us raise some money. Mm-hmm. I think that's a reasonable ask, but I can't tell you how many unreasonable asks. And you know, it's just a real, it's really off-putting when people come asking for things, not understanding the dynamics of the business. And yeah. it's not right. that hard to learn about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, and you know, that is so key in terms of people doing their homework, knowing who they're approaching. I mean, even thinking about a game too, it's kind of like, why would I want to create my own game around a cause when I can tap into so many other successful games that people are already using? Well, you don't see you don't see very many of them. There were a couple probably, I don't know, three, four years ago that were like cause focused games. You don't see many of them now because for exactly the reasons that Dan's talking about, it's it's just a huge resource suck. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's crazy. Yeah. Even like Johnson and Johnson that has their own app, you know, it's not even a game. It's an app and it's a (laughs) huge resource suck. So great advice. Well, it really is. Go go where the audiences are, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dan, it's been so fantastic to have you back on again. You have so much going on and you've accomplished so much since the last we've talked to you. Thank you so, so much for being here with, with us today. And where can people find you online if they want to do that? Yeah. So we're real easy. It's callofdutyendowment.org. That's our website. We're on, we have a pretty big Facebook presence as well. Uh, and uh, we're on Twitter, code for vets, uh, C-O-D-E number four vets uh, is our handle. Um, and, uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Excellent. We will include that in the show notes. Joe, where can people find you online? Well, people can find me minute to minute on Twitter, talking to Megan and Dan and Call of Duty and Twitch and everyone else on Twitter at Joe Waters. People can obviously visit my blog, uh, Selfish Giving. Make sure to sign up for my email newsletter. Get a five-part uh, cause marketing mini course to teach you all about how to raise money uh, with businesses. And, of course, check out all those pins on Pinterest at Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand. And I tweet for Engage for Good at Engage for Good. You can find show notes for today's episode also at engageforgood.com as well as selfishgiving.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. You can also find us on Google Play. While you're there, please leave us a review. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And uh, we'll be happy to see that. So on behalf of Dan and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time. 